Hello and welcome to the SMP Podcast. Thanks for joining us for another exciting episode. I'm your host, Ashley Cardenas, and on today's show, we'll be spending some time getting to know our new pastor at St. Mary, Father Michael. Today, Father Michael will be sharing about how he ended up traveling the world as a priest and how those travels ultimately brought him to serve as pastor in the small town of Gilroy. We will also take it back to the 80s by testing Father Michael's 80s music knowledge. Finally, we will hear from Father Michael about how our Gilroy community came together after the tragedy at this year's Garlic Festival. We have a full show for you today, so stay tuned. Coming to you from St. Mary Parish in Gilroy, California, it's the SP Podcast, your weekly dose of Catholic news, trivia, reflections, and more. Now, here's your host, Ashley Cardenas. Today, in our first segment, we will meet our new pastor, Father Michael, and ask him about his world travels. For those who don't know, Father Michael previously served as a military chaplain and then went on to serve at several parishes in our diocese. We want to hear from Father Michael about his vision for our parish and what he has learned so far from his new parish community. Welcome, Father Michael. We're happy to welcome you to your first podcast with us. How are you? I'm doing great, actually. A half hour ago, I was Googling what is a podcast, <laughs> and just making sure there's no video component. So I'm quite happy <laughs> with audio alone. Good to go. <laughs> at the beginning of July, Father Michael became our new pastor at St. Mary Parish in Gilroy. We're happy to have him here with us. Today, we'll be asking him about how he became a pastor at St. Mary. But before we get started with our questions for today, we have a pop culture quiz. Father Michael, since you were in high school in the 80s, we're going to ask you to name as many 80s bands as you can in one minute. Okay. Are you okay. ready? Uh, okay. Getting the memory ready. Getting your brain ready to roll. Ready? <laughs> okay. Ready, set, go. Def Leppard, Dire Straits, Men with Hats, uh, Rolling Stones, Johnny Cash. Oh, I'm going to blink. Metallica. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. Nirvana, the very tail end of the 80s. Did Rolling Stone. Fleetwood Mac was still going. Eagles were still going. Oh, how can I only blank? I'm looking at all these things. Uh, I'm looking at all these videos. You start saying Depeche Mode. Uh, oh, gosh. Why am I blanking? There's so many. I'm thinking all these songs, and I can't think of who did them. Uh, David Bowie was, was hot. The Cars. Uh, the Outfield was a, was a one album wonder. Um, oh, um, Soundgarden was, had started in the 80s, actually. Um, you didn't know that. My, my best friend at the Academy was a heavy metal freak. Um, <laughs> oh, Red Hot Chili Peppers were still going strong in the 80s. Yeah, they, they've been around a long time. Oh, gosh. Some, oh. And your time is <laughs> up. Weak, weak, weak. <laughs> Week. Well, you got 15, which uh, isn't week. too bad. Should have been able to get double that. <laughs> I could week. probably name five, so y you're good. <laughs> On today's show, because you're our new pastor, we'd like to ask you about you and your position. First of all, can you tell us what it means to be a pastor at the parish? So being a pastor being means being the leader of the priests and the leader of the parish in a in sort of a business sense, right? Uh, who who signs the checks, who approves the budget, mm -hmm. who hires and uh, employees, who gives direction, business direction, financial direction. That would be my job. So a lot, it's a lot of business stuff, actually. Oh, really? But then on the pastoral side, 
dealing with people. You know, I'm the sort of the priest in charge. Who's who's going to say what mass? Who's going to do what confessions? Who has duty? Which priest has duty which day? Oh well, so I'm everything also in goes charge to of you. That. At least in theory, I obviously try to delegate a lot of my responsibilities to other uh, staff members. So like being youth minister, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> totally delegated to Carlos and let me know what I need to know, right? <laughs> but yeah, in terms of responsibility, it all kind of falls on my lap. Okay. Now I get to think about it in a different way because I thought of it more just like you're just with the people, but I feel like it's more like in the business sense as well. It's both. It's, it's both. both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. In a sense, the two other priests, what we call parochial vicars, they mm-hmm. have a, they don't have to do as much business stuff, so they actually have a little more time. If you see people walking into St. Mary's want to speak with a priest, odds are better than uh, that they'd be talking with Father John or Father Johannes than they would me. Oh, okay. Maybe I get 20% of the calls, and those guys split. You know, they have like 40% apiece. It just sort of works that way. Okay. Well, thank you. I have a better understanding. <laughs> And how did you end up at St. Mary and Gilroy, and where were you before? Uh, well, the Catholic Church is not a democracy. So my previous parish was St. Francis Cabrini in Cambrian Park, which is the western neighborhood of San Jose, sort of tucked between Los Gatos and Campbell and mm-hmm. West San Jose. And I was happy there. I was there for six and a half years. I oh, asked wow. to stay there for another six-year term, and uh, surprisingly, they told me no. <laughs> so it's a... Uh, it's a, uh, it's called an Italian-Irish parish, but we have a lot of good folks there, a oh. lot of different ethnicities, all English-speaking, so a lot oh. different than St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, it had been 11 years since I've used Spanish at a parish. Oh, wow. So coming to St. Mary's was kind of a big shock, <laughs> especially to my memory banks. Do you remember any Spanish? <laughs> I wasn't so sure that I did. <laughs> so, so it was a little surprising to be coming here, but um, I'm glad I'm here, actually. I like it here. Were you, where were you before you were at? So before that, I was uh, four and a half years at St. Victor, which was on the northeast corner of San Jose, the area known as Berryessa, so next to Bopitas. Oh, uh, okay. 90% majority Filipino, and about a third Vietnamese. Matter of fact, our oh, new wow. priest father, John, his family's from that parish. I knew him before, before and during his time in seminary. He's my parishioner. Oh, wow. As well as his classmate, Father Victor, who's at our cathedral. He was another parishioner of St. Victor. I know the family very well. So, uh, yeah, so it went from uh, 90% Asian parish to heavily majority white with a lot of Filipinos. And the Assyrians, these indigenous Christians of Iraq, a number of them, about 150 families were at Cabrini. And oh, we had okay. a mass in their language. And then, although they, most of them spoke English, you know, they were bilingual. And then from that, from almost all English all the time to here. <laughs> big change, big change. Big change. <laughs> well, you've been all over the place in the Bay Area. <laughs> uh, but even more so around the world. Cause, uh, oh, really? In there, my, I've been a priest 18 years. I did eight of them as a chaplain, Navy chaplain. Oh, Navy. So consequently, I have been all over the world with the U.S. Navy. Really? From... France, Italy, Cyprus, oh, Lebanon, wow. Djibouti, Jordan, uh, let's see, Pakistan, Pakistan, all the Arab country, all the Gulf countries, United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, Iraq, did a year in Afghanistan, oh, Japan. <laughs> Japan. So I, I got around the world. Got around oh, the world wow. as a priest. So you've seen a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I have. So <laughs> so that makes me a little unusual of parish priests. Not too many of us have. There are some other San Jose priests who have been military chaplains. There's like four mm. or five of us. 
and there's a couple guys applying now to go into the service, oh, which okay. is great. But uh, I'm 51. I'm too old for that now. <laughs> is so. it a different experience than being a priest here and then? In Japan, I was essentially a parish priest for three or four parishes at once. Now, smaller than oh, St. Wow. Mary's, but uh, there were 10 different chapels, and four of them had families, and then the other six were just Marines or sailors, like single mm. guys. So I was <laughs> kind of busy on Sunday going from base to base offering masses. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, but it was kind of like s- small parishes. Though. We had RCA, we had CC catechism, you know, we had family ministries, um, a lot of turnover because most Marines do about three, four years yeah. and they move on. So every year you're losing a quarter of your parish Aww. and then more coming in. So it was a But I still have some very good friends from that Aww. era. We stay in contact. I'm not a Facebook person <laughs> through email and calls. Uh, a lot of them are retired from the Marine Corps now, but some are still in. Some of my Navy mm. friends are still in. And uh, my best friend in the Navy just retired. I went back for his retirement in May back in Annapolis, Maryland at the Naval Academy. Oh, wow. So. <laughs> Yeah, so I still have a little bit of connection. <laughs> you know, nice. my hair is getting too long. <laughs> it's only too long for the Marine Corps. Too long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and how did you decide to become a priest? You know, as a little kid, the only thing I ever wanted to be was a sailor or a priest. You got close. And I ended up doing both. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> because right out of when I graduated Live Oak in 86, I joined the Navy. So I did eight years oh. as a sailor, as a naval officer, as a ship officer. And then got out to go to seminary and become oh. a priest. And I did eight more years as a priest. So I've actually done 16 years in the Navy. Oh, wow. Uh, so I did both. I did both. So you accomplished your dreams. <laughs> I, I did. I did in that sense. I did. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your vocation story. So flashing forward, what's your vision for your time at St. Mary? You know, I have to say, since I was so surprised at being here, <laughs> my whole mindset was doing another six years at Cabrini and I had definite plans and kind of had the people dragged along with this is what we're going to do primarily rebuilding a middle school Cabrini is and St. Christopher are the largest parochial schools in the diocese Mm -hmm. over twice St. Mary's sites they're very large oh wow and so that time had come to rebuild the middle school and I was just set on that and everybody (laughs) understood that was the next step and then oh you're gone see ya (laughs) you're going to Gilroy I'm like what (laughs) right so uh so I kind of got caught flat-footed coming here. <laughs> um, I, I've known Father Robert since the 90s, since I, even oh, before wow. I was a priest, when I was a seminarian studying to be a priest, and I've always respected him. I've always greatly admired his Spanish-speaking ability. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and even when I spoke Spanish as a young priest at our cathedral, I never had his talent, right? So I'm like, you're going to Gilroy, dude? What are you thinking? <laughs> you're going get, to get, get in the game for Spanish. So, I mean, right now... My priorities are basically of three. One is learn Spanish. <laughs> Two is uh, learn and meet people, right? Remember yeah. Everybody <laughs> is. It's a big place. It's going to take a long time. Yeah. And the third is sort of business thing. I help uh, kind of uh, understand the business operations of the parish and how things work. Mm-hmm. That is the pastor. That is my job, right? So yeah. really my first year, that's my priorities. And then I can get into, okay, now that I'm here, I'm going to be here for several more years. <laughs> Where do we need to go? So once again, I'm still learning who the parish council is. Mm. I don't know all the teachers at the school. <laughs> um, never mind the thousands of upon thousands of people that are St. Mary's, and I just know a relatively small handful. So I feel like I need to, uh, to uh, meet and, and know people a lot better before I can even start 
marching forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, some things suggest themselves. There's only one Catholic yeah. church in Gilroy, just like mm-hmm. my home parish is in Catharines is the only one in Morgan Hill. So it's definitely a community church. This is the town's mm-hmm. Catholic church. So it's not like I'm going to be looking to go to Hollister and, hey, be a Catholic and come to St. Mary's. They got their church, right? <laughs> this is the Catholic church here. And so mm-hmm. uh, I like that. I grew up in that. I'm a native son of Morgan Hill. And so just being the best local parish, community parish, I mean, that, that's a pretty big order in and of itself. And mm-hmm. just keeping and try to expand on that. But, you know, my other parishes, I, I was very much focused on evangelization, bringing people to Christ, getting people who are already Catholic more fired up for the Lord. Mm-hmm. There are lots of different ways. Uh, different, sometimes we did different experiments on, uh, like, adult religious education or with youth ministry. We tried some mm-hmm. different things. Um, so, actually, I've hired two youth ministers, one for St. Victor and then one for Cabrini. So, oh, wow. I'm glad I didn't do that here. It's already, already have one here, so that's <laughs> just good. Right, so some stuff's already established here. So mm-hmm. do some experimentation, see what works, what doesn't work with mm-hmm. uh, getting people closer to the Lord. And uh, I would like to inculcate a sense of prayer. Um, it's very easy to say, well, I'm a Catholic, and I go to Mass now and then, and blah, yeah. blah, blah. but how many people actually pray every day? I mean, really pray, even know how to pray. Mm-hmm. A, a much smaller number, and it's kind of hard to advance in holiness and drawing closer to God if one doesn't have the habit of daily prayer. So that's something I've always tried to push as a parish priest, no matter where I've been in the States or outside the States is, you know, you don't just pray when you're at mass with several hundred other Catholics Mm -hmm. and a priest, you got to pray by yourself when no one else is looking, but you you, just have to do it. (laughs) Okay. So, well, well, I, I like your plan and your vision for St. Mary. I think your experience would be very helpful in our community. Thank you. Thank you for that. We'll see if I can do it in Spanish. We'll see. <laughs> Vamos a ver. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. Well, I am 51 years old. I was born in 1968. I'm far from being a teenager. I'm mean, <laughs> far from being a teenager, right? And so uh, I quite frankly, uh, I know a little bit about youth culture, contemporary mm-hmm. youth culture. I mean, at least I know who Taylor Swift is. I know some <laughs> I know some of the groups out there, but I don't know a lot Uh I do look at YouTube, and I'm guessing what I look at is probably a little different than what most teens are looking at, right? <laughs> uh, more scholarly, historical, religious stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, a lot of major YouTube figures, I just don't know. I wouldn't even know the names. <laughs> so uh, when I talk about what vision do you think that the youth of this parish have for this parish? What are they looking for in this time of transition between definitely not children, definitely not full-fledged adult. Mm-hmm. You know, being a teenager and uh, 20-something is a transitional phase, right? What yeah. do uh, parishioners, fully formed Catholics, want in this period before you guys head off to the real world in its, <laughs> in its fullness? What do you expect of St. Mary's and of me and of the other priests and the staff? Well, right now, I think for youth in our culture, we're kind of more into our cellular devices and we're so into social media. So it's kind of harder for us to talk to people like my uh, cousins, like they have hard times like talking to and making friends. And um, I'm like a person who kind of like talks to whoever. So it's not a big problem for me. But I see that other people, they just they don't have as much conversation. They'd rather just be on their devices. And I feel like we should try to like move away from that in our community, especially here in the church and try to motivate people to come to youth group and just get off their phones and just to devote their time in the actual youth group and 
to talk to people and not only that um to talk about god because right now i feel like people are becoming more secular in our day and age which is it's kind of sad so i think um our youth need to be exposed to it more and kind of we need to approach it in a different way that's kind of tailored to us so we can kind of um, connect um, God to how our lives are and how um, social media, yeah, it's good and we get to communicate to, to so many people and it's like an outlet, but then God is also like a good outlet to talk to and he's like our friend, so should, we should try to talk to him more instead of just um, dedicating most of our time there. And I think that would be a good area to focus on to talk to the youth about. Okay. Do you think teens know how to pray? I don't really think so. I feel like I don't really know how to play, pray too. Like I, I think I'm praying right, but sometimes you're unsure and or you don't hear a response, so you're you don't even know if you're doing it right. So yeah. I think. One of the curious things that Cabrini, because you know teenagers are teenagers, right? <laughs> you know, my middle schoolers and. We would take them. Cabrini, the church building, is a little bigger than St. Mary's, actually. It's the oh, biggest really? Catholic church building in our diocese in our county. It's a really big church, and it's a little more decorated. got statues and stuff oh, okay. in it. And uh, the teachers now and then would just take the teens in the church to pray. Nothing, oh, else, not what? mass going on. We had first Fridays. We had some adoration of Blessed Sacrament in the church, and they would just go on for 15 minutes in quiet. No music, no, no stimulation whatsoever. Oh, wow. And the Teens didn't go crazy. Actually, they liked it, <laughs> which was surprising to me because you guys are, I mean, I feel like I'm connected with my Android. I, you know, I got a Galaxy, a Samsung <laughs> Galaxy. Right? I think that thing rules my life sometimes, and mm-hmm. I'm 51. You guys are a lot worse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yet when they were disconnected, no cell phones, no anything, no, they, they liked it. They liked the silence. They were able to pray a little bit, and then they went back to the, the classroom. So... That's a good, maybe just the contrast with being hyper active, yeah, yeah. hyperactive and all the stimulus and yeah. to just silence. You have to be quiet in the presence of the Lord. Um, maybe there's something there for the younger generation because mm-hmm. without the silence, it's really hard to pray. I mean, yeah. you can't pray when the radio's on, when the TV's <laughs> on, when, the, when our eyes are going to the screen, either a tablet or a phone. Mm-hmm. When you can l- maybe learn about prayer but you can't actually pray while all those things are going. Everything just has to be off and nothing else is going on. And that's hard in our society for anybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's hard. I, I think that's a good thing that we should consider, especially because um, our attention spans are a lot shorter. So mm-hmm. just dedicating a little time. I mean, we might be a little restless, but then getting used to it would probably be, it wouldn't be too much, much long until mm-hmm. we get used to it. So any other direction I should be taking from the youth? Or who should I be asking? Well, you should be asking the youth themselves. So I can maybe crash Carlos's. And uh, Carlos as well, uh, because Carlos spends a lot of time with them. (laughs) Yes, yes he does. (laughs) In lots of different ways, too. I do appreciate that about youth ministry. It's not just go to a youth group, which is great. I mean, I went to what's mm-hmm. called Sky St. Catherine's Youth when I was growing up, right? Mm-hmm. But that was the youth ministry was that. Here we got obviously the youth groups, multiple youth groups. Then you got the mariachi, you got different bands. You have oh, different, yeah. different mm-hmm. ways to interact in ministry, not just the youth group. And that's, mm-hmm. that's it. There's other outlets, which I think is outstanding. I really like that in this parish, in both languages, by the way. So I, mm-hmm. I'm very impressed with that at St. Mary's, something I n- never had as much at Victor and Cabrini. 
So I do appreciate that about this parish. We started this podcast as a way to engage our St. Mary community in Gilroy and beyond. We even have SMP podcast fans in Rhode Island. Throughout the past few episodes, you've gotten to know our St. Mary priests, their vocation stories, likes and dislikes, and their vision for our church. But we've got a lot more to talk about. Do you have questions you want answered about our church? Do you want to hear more about a church teaching? Are you wondering what our church is thinking about events happening in the world around us? Send us your questions to discuss on our podcast. We want to hear from you. The questions we have on our show are all from you, our faithful audience. So if you have ideas for a topic of discussion or a question you'd like to have answered, shoot us a message. You can find us on social media at SMP Youth, or you can email us at smppodcast at gmail.com. We hope to hear from you soon, and we hope you enjoy the show. So, Father Michael, you were finishing up your first month at St. Mary when, unfortunately, there was a shooting at the Garlic Festival. Can you share your thoughts about that? Yeah, I had actually had the 5 o'clock Mass that night. And oh. so within two minutes of Mass being over, somebody you know, turned on the phone. They'd been at Mass and said there was a shooting at the festival. We were all like, what? Oh my and, uh, and so even b- b- before 6 o'clock, it was kind of a short Mass. I didn't mm-hmm. have a lot to say apparently in the homily, right? So <laughs> it was shocking. I thought, where are the other priests? Well, um, Father Johannes was going to have the seven o'clock mass and i forget where father mm-hmm. john was i knew he wasn't going to be around so i said well i need to i need to get myself to the hospital so um because quite frankly when i was in afghanistan i did a year there with army infantry oh. and uh, uh my job was the rome large areas like 150 by 100 miles visiting the various army bases throughout eastern afghanistan so I, I was involved, I mean, in the sense that I was in the area when two big battles occurred, and my job was to get to the field hospital, which you might know as a MASH unit, we call it an FST, forward surgical team, and be there to help with the casualties coming in, be there as a priest, but also be there as an additional medical personnel, basically a stretcher bearer, right? Mm-hmm. So I just drove myself to St. Louis, and uh, turned out to be a good decision. Uh, because no other clergy was there. So, you know, none of the casualties came there. Some were taken to other hospitals. Mm-hmm. And uh, was able to be a little value to that. And then as the days passed, I mean, helping the, some of the victims who were not dying, but, you know, being shot is traumatic, whether yeah. you're a soldier or even more so if you're a civilian, because at least as a soldier, you know, there's a chance it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Nobody went to the Garlic Festival thinking that such an awful thing would happen. I mean, total mm-hmm. surprise. But as the days continued, and we had the prayer service here the, the following day, right? As the days continued, the story started coming in of not of the horrible. We all knew what happened. It was horrible. But the, the heroism that, to me, civilians, people completely untrained in dealing in a combat situation were taking kids and hiding them where, you know, kids were separated from parents and total strangers were taking care of the children until they could be reunited with their parents uh, people running into the danger zone, not knowing how many shooters there were, and helping the wounded out. I mean, these stories came out and gave me a lot of pride. It made me sense that you didn't really do anything. You just went to a hospital and you know talked and prayed with people who were wounded. Well, there were people jumping in, potentially into the line of fire, not knowing what was going on. They did it anyway oh to help other people in severe need. I'm extremely proud of this community and. Uh, how people responded that day. I mean, I could not expect soldiers to do really a better job. Gilroy PD did a great job in neutralizing the threat 
quickly. I know I'm sure for the people there, it seemed like an eternity, but honestly that they were able to neutralize the shooter in under a minute is excellent job by Kuroi PD. So a lot of people, police, firefighters, Mm -hmm. volunteers, just folks who were there did some amazing things under the worst of stress and, uh, it's very impressive as somebody who has some experience in that type of situation, just to observe civilians being able to do such a great job. It can be a lot of pride in Gilroy as a newbie to the city. And how do you think um, St. Mary's is um, contributing to helping the community in this time? So that the shooting was Sunday. So on the, the following day, we, you know, we had the large prayer service and the church was packed. And it wasn't just for Catholics. You know, we kind of made it just for the whole community and, church was packed and give a chance to pray um, you know there's there's always gonna be time for a response and what do we do in reaction to this and that's all important and good but the, immediately as Catholics we know we need to pray and we need to come mm-hmm. together as a community and support each other and that's what we did and it was accessible not just to Catholics but also to non-Catholics and there were a lot there and they appreciated it our bishop our you know San Jose is a new bishop he actually was several states away so he wasn't able to come but some other priests came father francisco miramontos right he was here for many years he came back for that a few other priests came down from san jose who were able to break free to join us but uh Mm -hmm. gave a chance for community to pray and since then other churches and other groups have done prayer services and the city did the great one downtown later that week so it's good um i think we we did the best we could Uh, and then since then We've had what's called the circles of healing. We've had these are in Spanish, um, mm-hmm. a chance for people who were there, or at least people who were affected, and a lot of people are affected who weren't even there, right? Kids mm-hmm. who are now afraid to be in the public, oh, yeah. wonder is Gilroy a safe place to grow up, and it gives their parents a chance to sit in a circle with some prisoners who are counselors in Spanish, because most of the counseling resources, which are great, that have come to Gilroy, mostly through the county are in English. So the, our little niche is uh, Spanish language counseling and mm. a lot of people have been helped in their native tongue, to, you know, get, help themselves through the stress, but also help address uh, their children's questions about their own mm. personal safety. It's, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that we have to even talk with children about yeah. I would never have dreamed growing up in the 80s <laughs> about uh, having to talk about something like mass shooters. Just, it just wasn't in our consciousness. Unfortunately, now we have to. So, and that's been done, that's sort of St. Mary's specialty is uh, providing some services in Spanish that um, are pretty limited elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy. I'm glad that our, among parishioners we have that talent base. I'm very thankful f- for those counselors for stepping up. Well, thank you for that. And we will continue to pray for our community. Amen. Pray for Gilroy. Now we're moving on to Priest Pick. Priest Pick. Where the priest gets to tell us about something of interest to him. So, Father Michael, you ready? I'm ready. All right, take it away. Time to talk about old-time Live Oak Gilroy. <laughs> long before there was Sobrato High, long before there was Christopher High, the big oh, wow. rivalry between the two towns was Live Oak Acorns versus the Gilroy Mustangs. There were some <laughs> pretty remarkable hijinks. Um, I graduated Live Oak in 86. It was a three-year high school. It was the last three-year high school in the Bay Area. Uh-huh. Uh, we couldn't fit four grades at Live Oak, so I did three years at Britain, downtown Morgan Hill. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think a one, uh, by, as a trivia question, trivia 
answer, question, whatever. The St. <laughs> Mary's School principal was my classmate at Britain and Live Oak. Whoa, wow. Yeah, I, when I got named here, I knew she was the principal here. I was like, okay, was I good to Marcy when I was at Live Oak? We weren't buds. We took a lot of class together, uh. you know, sort of AP college prep courses, but we didn't hang out together. I was thinking, did you treat her well when you were there? <laughs> yeah, I think I did. She's been nice to me ever since I've been here. So, uh, <laughs> but uh I, one hijinks I remember, I was a sophomore, which was the first year, you know, your first year at Live Oak. Oh. It was a spring, and I forget what sport we were playing Gilroy in. The Gilroy seniors had commandeered four garbage trucks, and they drove them overnight onto the Live Oak campus and dumped them in an area we call oh. the Octopus. Now I believe there's an academic building there. It was a big open field with walkways in between some academic buildings. <laughs> Well, so we came in the morning, and my first class was next to the octopus, and it reeked because it was a warm morning, the yeah. raw garbage. It reeked. Oh of course, our administration God. thought our seniors had done it as a senior <gasps> prank, so they made the senior class go out there and shovel the oh four my. garbage trucks worth of garbage. Our seniors were so mad. Um, <laughs> they, they came back. I mean, I'm not afraid to say what they did in retaliation because it may – involved vandalism at Gilroy High but there was Ooh. there was payback by the Live Oak seniors they were not <laughs> they were not happy campers <laughs> once the truth came out where the garbage came from <laughs> yeah so uh yeah it got a little crazy back then sometimes yeah Live Oak Gilroy it was a great rivalry for decades many decades and Hollister but we were on the same Monterey Bay League Hollister North Monterey Monterey Seaside oh, yeah there was some war Seaside Fort Order was still going so it was all army kids or army juniors we call them and, <laughs> and uh yeah it was a uh, great rivalries back then yeah so ask your parents that they grew up in Gilroy uh the Gilroy Live Oak rivalry quite the, quite the thing back in the day <laughs> it's nice to hear some history <laughs> and that brings us to the end of our show is there anything else you want to say First of all, thank you for being a good interviewer. <laughs> so I don't feel like I was treated unfairly. On the contrary, it's treated very well. Um, <clears throat> my installation, the bishop comes down to Gilroy, and he'll make me pastor on Sunday, November 3rd at the 11 o'clock Mass. Oh, okay. Father Robert's coming back for it. Father Dan's coming back for it, trying yeah. to get some other Gilroy alumni priests to come on down. So I uh, <laughs> hope everybody can join us for that Mass, and we'll do a potluck. Uh, there's no lack of food in this town, that's for sure. So... Uh, <laughs> You'll be the best potluck in town after the <laughs> Mass, and so I hope everybody can uh, join us that day. And uh, Anyway, glad to be here, and uh, thanks for this opportunity to uh, say, share a few words with the St. Mary's community and anybody else who may be listening to this. So <laughs> God bless you all. Well, thank you, and thank you for talking to us about how you became a pastor here. And thanks for sharing about how our community is healing after the unfortunate tragedy at the festival. We appreciate the time you spent with us today, and we're looking forward to your leadership here at St. Mary. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the SMP podcast. We want our podcast to answer your questions about the Catholic faith. So if you have any questions you would like us to answer, let us know. You can send us an email at smppodcast at gmail.com. You can also fill out an interest form on our website, which is smpgilroy.org slash podcast. If you want to stay up to date on events at St. Mary, you can follow us on Instagram at smpyouth. You can also find us on Facebook at St. Mary Parish Gilroy. If you want automatic updates for new episodes, subscribe to SMP Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts.
Signing off from the garlic capital of the world. You can smell us from the freeway as you drive by. I'm your host, Ashley Cardenas, and I'll see you next episode. Hello, this is Father Michael, and I approve of this message.